This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Well, thank you so much, Sid, and thank you all for joining us today for Messianic Vision. I am so happy to welcome to our program today a man who has spent a lifetime bringing people to know Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, through his anointed teachings, his writings, but also through his work as a television producer and a filmmaker. He's also the executive television producer right here for Sid Roth. So please welcome my coworker, my friend, and my boss, <laughs> Warren Marcus. Warren, hello. Hello, Donna. <laughs> Here we are again. I know. You know what? We did this a couple of years ago when God had given you such a message. It just blew me away. I was so honored to be able to work on it with you. And we we did a podcast back then. So maybe everybody will go back and, and find it and listen to that one as well. And so when this new revelation came to you not too long ago, it was kind of picking up where you left off and moving on, just moving on into the presence and the glory and further and further with the Lord and with the, I mean, almighty God. I was just, you were telling me about it. I'm like, Warren, 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 we have got to do this. So we're going to be talking about some of that today. And I know you have shared before some of your testimony, but it's been a long time. I mean, it's been a, it's been a couple of years. So I wanted to start a little bit right there and briefly let everyone that may have not heard it just kind of catch them up a little bit because it is a fascinating story. You're Jewish. Both of your parents are Jewish. And you as a family, you followed the Jewish traditions. But at five years old, Warren, you had a life-changing experience. I know you were playing outside. There was a storm. There was thunder. There was lightning. And you got afraid. So you ran into the, the comfort and safety of your home. What happened next? Well, what really frightened me was my friend Bobby, who I was playing with, he started getting scared because we heard thunder and lightning. It was a summer, and it was one of those summer storms. And he said, I got to go. And I said, why, Bobby? He says, because lightning is here, and it could kill you. Oh. And I was saying, it won't hurt you. Lightning can't hurt you. Yes, it could. It could kill you. Well, by the time the lightning, he ran into the house, the lightning struck like 15 feet away from me. That frightened me. I started running in. I'm bawling. I'm crying, you know, and I'm screaming. And I get in, and my agnostic Jewish sister, she picks me up and says, what's wrong, Warren? I said, it's lightning. It could kill me. And you're five. You're right, five, five years old. Mm-hmm. says, it could kill me. And she says, lightning, it won't hurt you. And I'm looking at her, and she says, God will protect you. Mm. Now, you have to understand, I never heard the name God. I never heard any concept about that. This is, this is really incredible that I could remember this whole thing. And he said, God will protect you. He lives in a place called heaven, and yet he's everywhere. You can't see him, but he's everywhere. So I thought about it, and I said, is he in my room at night when it's dark? Ooh. And she said, yes, he's in the room with you, even when it's dark. 
And I started getting more frightened of this oh. unseen entity <laughs> named God than I was of the Uh-oh. lightning and thunder, right? And so that night I was in my bed and I was scared. I could, I, I, mean, I was just, I was just frightened because mm-hmm. I'm going, right. God is in here. Well, what is God and whatever. And I had a dream and I was like in the clouds. I was in the clouds of heaven and it was lightning and thunder. And then all of a sudden in the distance, I could see in a circular fashion, the clouds parting and this beautiful golden light. I didn't realize it then. It was the glory of God, right. the glory of the father and the most beautiful light. And then the clouds and the lightning and the thunder started subsiding. And I was kind of being drawn closer to that. And I could feel this peace, this shalom inside mm. me, this this peace. It was just the most incredible feeling of security, of feeling safe. And then these beams of light in different colors came shooting out from the glory. And it came towards me and all around me. And it, it was like a pathway leading me into a closer look into that glory. Mm-hmm. And then I heard God's voice inside me and all around me. And he said, do not be afraid, Warren. I am your friend. I will never hurt you. Wow. And that was so powerful. And I didn't want to leave. I was just there and I could just feel this. And I woke up from the dream, but it was so real. So I went downstairs immediately and said, mom, guess what? She says, what? I saw God. <laughs> and she looks at me, you what? I saw God. In my dream, she goes, oh, she was kind of relieved, you know. Then my father came down and said, hey, dad, guess what? I saw God. And he goes, you saw what? I saw God. And my mother says, don't worry. It was in his dream. So they didn't get it. I mean, Mm -mm, I was still just so overwhelmed by it because I was in the presence of the glory. See, when you get in the glory presence, there's something that happens to you. It's like you're, you're transformed. And I was really transformed as, as a five-year-old. So I'm sitting in kindergarten class, and the teacher says, take out some crayons and draw a picture. So I start trying with a yellow crayon. I still have this picture to this day. Tried drawing a picture of the glory of God in, in heaven that I saw. And this little kid next to me, a Jewish kid, says, what is that supposed to be? I said, it's a picture. A picture of what? A picture of God. He said, you can't draw a picture of God. <laughs> and I said, why not? He says, because no one has seen God. Mm. And I said, well, I have seen God. And I'm, well, he gets in a whole argument with me. The class starts hearing it. They start laughing. I start crying. The teacher's saying, what's going on here? And this guy, Richie, says, he said he saw God. And I said, I did see God in my dream. And here's a picture of him. And the teacher came over. She's looking at the picture, looking at me. She thought I was Meshuggah, crazy. <laughs> That's the Jewish word for crazy. But that was that was my first encounter with God. And it really changed my life because I started praying to God. I just started praying, God, I love you, God. Thank you that you're here for me. I didn't understand who he was, you know, because I was too young yet to go even to the synagogue. Right, and you hadn't had the teaching right. on who he was or right. what to do with him if you did know what he was. And you didn't right. really have any type of understanding. So a few years goes by. And something else very significant happened that you could see. Well, my mom took me to the movies, and she went to take me to Cecil B. DeMille's Ten Commandments. Wow. Well, I'm watching that movie, and there was scenes in that movie where he was up in uh, the burning bush, of course. Was yes. A, um, I could see the light, you know. But really, when he was on Mount Sinai and he was getting the Ten Commandments were being written by God's own finger, there was that glory Mm. and the same glory. And the voice was very similar to the voice I heard in my dream. 
And so I could feel the same presence. I could feel the same glory that I felt in my dream. And I was just overwhelmed by that whole thing. And then, uh, you know, I would, I, would, I would sense that glory, and I, 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 I started going to the synagogue. We go Monday and Wednesday nights to synagogue Hebrew school, and we're learning Hebrew. But, you know, and then I, my mother would take me to the synagogue, but I wouldn't sense that glory there. I wouldn't sense the presence there. And then I was taken by some of my friends to churches, and I didn't feel that glory there. I, they talk about God, but I didn't sense the, the God that I met in my dream. So by now, you were on a search. You Definitely. had felt this. This was tangible for you. This had calmed your fears. You could feel it. You could sense it in your body. So now, even as a young boy, you were already on a search. So when you went to the synagogues and you didn't find him there, you were, you were searching. Yes. And I would go into the empty sanctuary after the service, and I would say, Oh, God of Israel, where are you? Hmm. I said, Could you give me a burning seat? I wanted the seat to go on fire. <laughs> like I mean, the you, bush. you put the bush on fire. <laughs> you know, really, I mean, I was just saying, Where are you? You know? And then my mother, she took me to see Ben Hur. Now, hmm. Ben Hur is about Judah Ben Hur. He's a Jewish character, uh, and he doesn't believe in God, he's an agnostic. And But the whole thing there was Jesus was revealed. You couldn't see his face in the movie. You would see him from behind. But there was a sense of that presence, again, that I felt from my dream, you know, and I felt in the, in the Ten Commandments. There was this presence of God, and I saw Jesus there. And what blew me away was Judah Ben-Hur's mother and sister were, were dying of leprosy, mm. and Jesus is on the cross. And there's lightning and thunder. I mean, think of that. Lightning and yes. thunder, just as a little kid, yes. that lightning and thunder, right, was there. And lightning and thunder, and the blood is coming down from Jesus. As the lightning and thunder is going, right, it cuts to the the shot of, of Judah Ben-Hur with the mother and the sister and the flashes of light. And all of a sudden, once the flash hits really bright, it comes back again, they're totally healed. The leprosy is gone. And the blood that Jesus was shedding goes into the ground and starts going down like a stream. And I remember going, Mom, Mom, was that man Jesus real? She goes, no, it's just a story. Mm. So the thing that happened to me was when I was 12 years old, I was ready studying for my bar mitzvah. Yes. The class was there. The rabbi was teaching us. And a friend of mine, Aaron, he's a wise guy of the class. He says, <laughs> Rabbi, can I ask you a question? He goes, what now, Aaron? You know, And he says, was Jesus our Messiah? And the rabbi says, no, he was not our Messiah. Wow. And I went, whoa. And he goes, was he a Jew? And he says, of course he was a Jew. And I'm going, wait a minute. My mother told me he wasn't even real. And if he was real, I thought he'd be a Catholic. <laughs> But the rabbi goes on. He says, yes, he was a Jew. He was a teacher. He was a reformer. And some say he was even a prophet. But he was not the Messiah. The wolf will lay down with the lamb. There'll be perfect peace on the earth. Then you'll know Messiah has come. Now, the Catholics, they teach him. We teach Moses. I never want to hear his name mentioned in the class again. So I was like, wow, Jesus. And what is this Messiah thing, you know? So I go to the public library, found a book. It was written for Jewish people. It was a thick book. I looked under Jesus Christ. There was a book. I started reading it and explained why Jesus was the Messiah and why the Jewish leaders 
rejected him because they were looking for King Messiah. They were looking for the millennium to come. Right. Right. But he had to come first as suffering Messiah, you know, and then he would come again. So I was reading this book and I was I said, wow. So Jesus is our Messiah. So I told my mother, hey, mom, Jesus is our Messiah. I believe that because what's a Messiah? I said, well, that's the one we're waiting for to redeem us. Mm-hmm. She goes, I don't know much mm-hmm. about that. Ask mm-hmm. Uncle Morty. He goes to synagogue every week. <laughs> so I asked Uncle Morty. I said, Uncle Morty, you know about the Messiah? He goes, no, what do you mean about Messiah? He didn't know. So this is what it is. And then I talked to my Gentile friends and would talk to them about Jesus. And I would say, do you know that Jesus was a Jew? They said, no, he was a Catholic. And they would argue with me, you know, <laughs> and I'm telling them all this stuff. It's like I'm preaching the gospel, but none of them could tell me how to get Jesus into mm. my life, into my heart as my Messiah and Lord. I didn't know how to receive him. So I was still searching. Right. You know, like a lot of people, Warren, and I bet a lot of people can relate to this, when we are searching, and man, you were on a search, but you weren't finding what you were looking for. You didn't have the knowledge. You didn't have the understanding. You didn't have anybody that could explain it to you or teach you. And you're still a young, you're still a young boy. So in not finding that, you chose a different direction. Well, let me tell you that when I saw those movies, mm-hmm. I realized the power mm-hmm. of cinema. Yes. So I wrote a little letter that I still have today, a little prayer, and it was, Oh God of Israel, make me a really great filmmaker, a really great producer, director, cameraman, writer, editor, and I will make films that say what you want me to say. Mm. I didn't even know who he was, mm-hmm. but I wanted to do that. I wanted to make films like that, like I saw Ben-Hur in Ten Commandments. But that set you on the path for what you actually have spent a lifetime doing and are still doing. Well, and then I went to School of Visual Arts. Now, here's the thing. The enemy tries to steal. When you're in a search, he tries to pull you away. So there's where I was introduced to rebellion, you know, mm. to being, a, I grew my hair real long like a hippie. I was using drugs because these friends of mine were saying, you know what? When you use drugs, they could bring you closer to God. Mm. Now think of how subtle the enemy what is. What a deception, yes. Right. Yes. So I started using marijuana. I tried LSD. I tried all kinds of drugs. And, and I was doing great in school, even though I went there and learning film. But still, it wasn't great. And I got to the point, though where I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, I was sitting in my apartment and I said, you know, I was smoking marijuana and I said, God of Israel, if Jesus is who these Christians say he is, if he is the Messiah, if he is the son of God, then I want him in my heart. But if he's not, I don't want to have anything to do with him. Well, all of a sudden, the presence of God, it's like the glory of God just filled the atmosphere. And I started feeling this peace that I felt Mm. like, I had in that dream and like I had those other times when I saw those films and stuff and I just started feeling it. And then I, I brought this joint, we called it the joint of marijuana <laughs> to my mouth and I went, why am I doing this? I immediately threw out all the marijuana I had, dumped it down the toilet. I started looking at my bookshelf and I said, this book doesn't belong there. This this is pornography. I just got to go. And I started throwing things away. Nobody preached to me, told me anything. It was like the holiness of God. You just knew in your heart that that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah, it was like holy. It was just this holy atmosphere. I started getting rid of records and saying, these stupid records, you know, breaking them and throwing 
alcohol down the sink. You know, my wife comes home. She goes, what are you doing with those records? I says, Jesus is here. He's in the house. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean Jesus is in the house? She's looking at me, her Jewish husband. She was a Catholic growing up, but she was just a nominal Catholic, you know. And she's just going, what are you doing? And I said, don't get rid of my record, she said, you know. But God came. And when he came into my life, you know, it was amazing because when I started picking up the Bible to read, mm. all of a sudden I realized this is a Jewish book. The Gospels are Jewish. I mean, Jesus was a Jew. He even practiced the feasts that mm. we were practicing and grew up with. And But he was the one that was being obedient to God. And I started seeing the things he said were so incredible. And I actually saw references that brought many of the things he said back to the Old Testament, the Tanakh. So Jesus wasn't just preaching. This was stuff that he was taking from what he grew up with in Judaism, but he was bringing a new deeper meaning to it, a new significance. So the, for the first time in your life, you were actually beginning to understand your own Jewish faith yes. and your own Jewish roots and, yes. and to gain knowledge and understand through God's very word what you'd been looking for all this time and what you'd been asking about and, and searching for. There's a scripture in Second Timothy that talks about um, the end times. Mm -hmm. And it talks about the times we're living in now with, the, with people being, children being disobedient to parents and all this. But what it says is they had a form of godliness that denied the power thereof. Stay away from those people. Mm -hmm. What it is is that not just in Judaism, it became a form of God that denied the power because it was going through traditions and not truly understanding what we were doing. But we could see that in Christianity because many times people go do communion, they go to church, but they don't understand the meaning of it. They don't understand the deeper things. They don't understand it can connect right, with God right. in a powerful way. It's just religion to yeah. them. It's the traditions. It's the formalities. It's right. this is what we do. So it wasn't, there was no power there. Right, right. So that's what I started seeing is, is that there's something deeper, you know. And when you have that, by the way, even as a believer, you might walk in a honeymoon for a year or so, but all of a sudden you start getting hit by things. If you're not connecting with God in an intimate way and you don't learn how to pray and you don't learn how to begin to read the word and worship God, you start getting attacked with things because the enemy wants to come against you. And unless you begin to grow in your faith, you won't understand that there's more that you could have, a relationship with God that is supernatural, a daily walk with him, moment by moment walk with him. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this one thing. I know we're going to kind of dig into this new revelation that, that God has given you, and we're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit more detail. But you have started preaching this new revelation that God has given you. And I know one night you shared this revelation with hundreds of Yes. people in attendance. And your your mom was there. Even your Jewish mom was there. And what happened at that service? Half of the people came forward to receive Yeshua. Wow. And then my mother, my Jewish mother, she received Yeshua. And and she she received Yeshua, and it was amazing to see. My sister also was a believer by that time. But the key was it was all dealing with Passover mm -hmm. because what mm -hmm. God had given me a revelation of is the mystery of the Passover revealed 
for the end time church. Oh, yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. That is so amazing. And even your mom, Warren, that's amazing. (laughs) And I know we don't have time to get into this entire teaching, this entire revelation. But I think it's so important for everyone to know that, as you just said, when you do share it, when you do reveal it, when you do tell people what God has showed you about this, This is what happens. People experience the glory. They experience the power. And, Warren, I think you and I both believe right now that as you share today and then as people get this resource, that they will experience that same thing through what you are going to be teaching them. So, again, we don't have a whole lot of time to get into it, but but tell us a little bit about it. Um, The Last Supper, why is that so important, and what was going on that God has showed you? The Last Supper was a Passover meal. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that Yeshua said in Luke 22, 15, and 16, I have earnestly desired to eat this particular Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will never again eat this until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He's going to eat it again with us. But the key is, he's saying this is so important. And it wasn't just important to Jesus. It was important to the Father. Mm. Because the Father, when he created man and woman, he created us in his image and likeness. Yes. He wanted to have a creation that he could identify with and they could identify with him. And he's the one that set up family. So he looked at himself, I'm the father and I want you to be fruitful and multiply and have many children that I could relate with. So when he created Adam and Eve, they were perfect. They had the glory of the father upon them. They couldn't even see their own nakedness. Everything was supplied for him. It was a perfect picture of heaven on earth. They had trees they could eat of, fruit, You know, there was no meat eating, by the way, because there weren't predators. Animals weren't predators. They were Uh just. Oh, don't send us letters. Right. I mean, Peter would be happy. You know, they should they should become believers. You know, and help usher in the millennial because that's going to go back again that way. But anyway, that was it was beautiful. But he said, "Don't eat of one tree." And when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, it disturbed what God's plans were. So. They, they lost their glory that was over them. They began to see their own nakedness. Shame. I love that you say it like this. It disrupted our destiny. Yeah. The destiny and future that God had planned for us right. was totally disrupted. Right. And, and in a way, Satan won the legal right to harass us. Mm. So that was the beginning of it. So they were hiding behind the tree and they were frightened, you know. But the key is God had a plan. And why this Passover was so important— all the things that God did, he waited for this very night for the revelation mm-hmm. that Yeshua was going to give on that, using this Passover meal to expand upon what he's going to do, this ushering in of a new, better covenant that yes. was going to be yes. for not just Jews, but for Gentiles too. Any one of the nations that would believe in Jesus as Messiah and Lord could now enter into a relationship with God the Father, not just being God. You know, see, people like the Muslim religion, Jewish religion, they highly regard God. They say he's so holy, but they're frightened of God in an unhealthy fear, not a respectful fear. So God was telling them, 
here's my plan through this this type right. of what this meal was. Right. Here's my plan. I've got a plan. Here is the way I'm going to restore, redeem, and give access back to you because God wanted that, didn't he? Right. And so he's saying, I desired to eat this. I earnestly desired to eat this meal with you. So the key is with Passover, let's just say that meal is spread out on the table. And what this meal is, it's not just a meal in itself that you're eating. It's it's a show and tell. Everything on there has significance. The different foods that are on the table have significance. And they help you remember the story of Israel's deliverance from a mm. wicked slave yes. master yes. named Satan. But it was also experiential. How I mean this is there's a part where they talk about the tears that the children of Israel were shedding under the bondage of slavery. And so you're to take a bitter herb and dip it into salt water. And when you take it, you're remembering the tears that they were shedding. Yeah. Yes. See, this is what communion's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Communion is eating certain food of bread and wine that represents something. So it wasn't foreign to what the whole meal was about. And think about the analogy of being set free from Passover. See, they were celebrating the fact that Israel was set free by a deliverer named Moses right, from a wicked slave master named Pharaoh, mm -hmm. and they were set free and made into a nation of their own, right? Yes. But what Jesus did on the cross for us, and that's what he was saying, just like that happened, I'm going to deliver you. I'm a greater deliverer than Moses even was. Mm -hmm. Moses was told about me that there'll be a greater deliverer than you, Moses, one that every word that comes out of his mouth will be from God himself. So no longer was this just tradition. God wanted people to see that each of these particular things, very particular right. things during this meal, had a, a symbolic analogy toward what what Jesus was going to do. Right, exactly. The, the bread, yeah. the drink, yes. all of these things. Yes. Oh, and, I, and, I, I just have to say, Warren, let me tell those that are listening yeah. right now, I promise you, when you get this resource, you will never look at communion again. I've taken communion since I was a child. You know, like, you know, I didn't want one of the grape juices. I wanted about six of the grape juices. Can you give me more? <laughs> because I didn't understand it. I didn't right. understand the, the, the symbolism. Yes. I didn't understand that that bread meant something so precious yes. that Jesus was going to give for me. Right. That that drink meant something so precious. Yes. And when I have heard you teach this yeah. and I have listened to this, I grew up taking communion, yeah. knowing about communion, yeah. but listening to you teach this. And I want everybody to no, this will be an experience that you will never forget because I don't believe you will ever look at it again the same way. Yes. One of the things just to mention, there were three pieces of matzah on the table, mm. even in Jesus' day. And the rabbis talk about it as though there are three, they're one. Achad is the Hebrew word. But they yes. don't understand the yes. mystery of the unity of the three pieces of matzah. What they symbolized is the father, the son, the middle one, and the third one was the Holy Spirit. It's the middle piece of matzah that took, Jesus took out and broke in half and said, this is my body. Now, the matzah, it's not like the little wafers we have. The matzah was very visual to them. Mm -hmm. They looked at it. The matzah, if you take a piece of matzah, unleavened bread, it has holes in it. 
it was pierced through. Wow. It has burn marks. It looks like lashes. Yes. By his stripes, you yes. were healed. So they're seeing it as he's sharing it. And when he broke it, it's like, it's like, it's like it. bones you being broken. Yes. And then there's four cups of wine on the table. And these four cups of wine are called the I wills of God. And I love, I love the meanings of these four cups of wine. But imagine what Jesus, this is talking to them about what, what um, Moses did releasing the children of Israel from Pharaoh. But Jesus is now saying, I want you to know when we take these four cups, they're speaking of what I'm going to do. So the cup of sanctification was the first cup. And you could find these in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Not all mm-hmm. the cups that he mm-hmm. was drinking wine was the, was the one which he instituted communion on. The first cup was, I will bring you out from your burdens. Well, he freed us from the burdens that Satan was putting on. See? And then the second cup was a cup of judgment. I will deliver you from the bondage, right? Mm-hmm. But what was mm-hmm. he saying? Of the bondage of Satan and your sinful ways. The third cup is the one after the meal. And it's talked about in Corinthians. Is it not the cup of blessing, the cup of redemption? So it's, I will redeem you with outstretched arms. See, to the Israelites, the outstretched arm was Moses with his rod being held up. Yes. But Jesus, his outstretched arms were on the cross. Yes. Right. Mm. And the fourth cup is the cup of acceptance. I will take you for my people. So these have significance. So here's the thing. The wine was red and it was very warm. It looked like blood. So when he says, this is my blood, which is being shed for you, right, for the remission of sin and basically to usher in that new covenant. Yes. So you see the significance yes. here? So Whew. there's so much more I can't there get into. There is so much but more. But those, those should give enough to know just on the communion when we start taking it that we could begin to living an experience to, to know what he did for us and to understand we're also connected to Israel because mm. we're part of what Israel was redeemed. If they were not redeemed, we wouldn't have Jesus come. Right, right. So we're all part of this whole plan that God did. And this night was so important. So every time we take of communion, it's important to remember. Every time we take this cup, right, and every time we eat this bread, remember me, Yeshua said. Whew, Warren. <laughs> you know, I know we could go on and we could talk about this for hours, really, but as we said, we do not have enough time to hear the entire revelation. But Warren has created a powerful, and I'm telling you, it's a life-changing resource package that includes exactly what we've been talking about and much, much more that God has showed him. So let me take just a minute and let you know what's available for all of you today. It's Warren's brand new and exclusive. I know I always tell you, you know what exclusive means. It means you can only get it here. So please take advantage of that today. His brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series called Pressing In to the Holy of Holies. Now, he's also including an exciting DVD video of teaching and proclaiming the priestly prayer of cleansing and consecration. Now, this is what he calls God's glory prayer, so that sounds pretty exciting. You're also going to get an interactive pamphlet. I love something that's interactive because if I can participate in it, it means more to me and I can remember it more. And this is called The Daily Priestly Prayer of Cleansing 
and consecration. Now, as always, Sid is going to be here at the end of the program, and he will tell you exactly how you can get this resource package. It will benefit yourself, your family, your church, your church library. Maybe this will be something that they will want to keep for instructing and helping others. Or maybe you have a study group. Maybe your study group would like to dig into this. So, look, Warren, why don't you tell us, maybe just a little bit, here again, we're going to try to keep it short, but tell me just a little bit about um, each of the CDs that are in there. What, what have you titled them and, and the other elements in this package? Well, the first one, we talked a little bit about the mystery of the Passover revealed for New Covenant believers Mm -hmm. or for the end-time church. And so we already discussed what that has in it and more. And actually, it ends with us taking communion together. Ah. Um, so that there is, a, it, we're going to experience, nice. so it's not just talking about something, we're going to experience the presence of God, you know, the glory of God coming. The second CD is the mystery of the tabernacle in the wilderness revealed. The tabernacle was a type of heaven. You're going to mm-hmm. learn that it's a type of heaven, mm-hmm. that God told Moses to build it exactly according to the pattern I show you. No, do not vary in one degree. But you're also going to find out how Jesus actually fulfilled each piece of the furniture of the tabernacle. And you're actually going to see what was hidden in there. It's a hidden cross that all of the way that the pieces of furniture, they call it, like the brazen altar and the and the brass laver and the table of showbread and sure. all this, it's arranged in the form of a cross. Wow. And so the whole solution and grace, the grace of God is explained. And what Jesus would do on the cross for us is explained in this teaching right from the picture, the shadow picture of the tabernacle. I love it. And the third one is the mystery of believers being God's holy temple and priests. And I see people read that and say, yeah, okay, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. But do we really understand that? I don't, think, I don't think most of us do. Right. Yeah. And the key is it's real. It's not just figurative language, okay? What he's saying is we are the literal temples of the Holy Spirit. And when you start understanding that, see, God fashioned the tabernacle in the wilderness, but it didn't become supernatural until God took up residence by his Shekinah glory in the Holy of Holies. Yes. So we're fashioned to be. Our bodies have been made when we were born again temples of the living God, but we're empty temples until we invite God and his spirit to fill us to overflowing. And this is something we do. It's not just, we have the Holy Spirit within, which speaks of Jesus in us, the hope of glory. Yes. But the Holy Spirit upon is us inviting God to come and fill our temples. Yes. And so we could actually show forth the glory of God to others. Mm -hmm. And so that's what this teaches, and also the priesthood. The priesthood is important to understand because we're actually made a nation of priests. It's called the priesthood of all believers in the new covenant. Now, Warren, you and I, uh, you a filmmaker, you know, we're producers, we're directors, we're very visual, visual people, and I always love the phrase. I know it's cliche, but it doesn't become a cliche for no reason. It's because it's true. (laughs) A picture is worth a thousand words. I love something so visual. And this package is a little bit unusual because people will not only be able to hear, which is wonderful, this teaching, but you are also providing a DVD. A DVD where I take them through understanding what it means to be that temple of God, that also being a priest over our own lives. So we're a priest and a temple. And the key is I go through all of the pieces of the furniture in the temple and show how we have it. Like the Ark of the Covenant is our heart. That's where God wants to dwell, 
on our heart with his glory. And so I start sharing it, but I show, I actually have visuals of the tabernacle and I show full scale of the brazen altar and all these things and how the priest would have to anoint each piece of the furniture with the blood of an unblemished lamb. Mm, Sound familiar? Yes. So what I I realized, God started speaking to me, you need to learn how to take every member of your being and anoint it by the blood of Jesus and give it to me. So I go through this prayer of cleansing and consecration. And what it is, is it's like, God, I give you my mind. Make my mind the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. I give you my hands. Let my hands become your hands. Let me do the things you would have done if you had my hands. It's, It's taking every part of our body. And when you go through this prayer, you don't feel the same because all of a sudden you are set apart to do God's will. And it's powerful. So people that have prayed this prayer have said, Warren, it's like I go to do something wrong with my hand and I go, no, no, this is set apart for God. This is not my hands. This is God's hands to be used. This is a vessel for God. So this is what I'm talking about, walking in this new way of being the temple for the living God and being a priest. Now, let me say one thing about the priest. We don't have to take what the devil's given us because it says in Hebrews, Mm-mm. come boldly into the throne room and make your requests known. What he's talking about is the priesthood. The priest would go in to the altar of incense and intercede for Israel and for others and for themselves. So we could go in and we could go before God and say, as a priest under Jesus, my high priest, I'm coming to you, Father. This is what I'm coming to you about. I'm going through this problem right now. God, I ask you and beseech you to take care of this thing. It's taking charge of our lives because we've been given that ability. You know, we've been given the thing to bind and loose. You know, we've been given the ability to bind things and to loose things, you know, to take those things that are harassing us, to bind it up so it doesn't bother us anymore, and to loose the opposite in our lives and to the people around us. Yes, yes. My goodness, tell me quickly just about the part that I said was interactive, another interactive part, the pamphlet that that you have there. The pamphlet's good because it actually takes you through the whole prayer. So you could pray it, you could understand it, and you could take it wherever you want. So you could begin to pray that prayer over yourself. It's interactive because you're praying it and you're understanding you it. You do that, don't you, Warren? Right. I do it every day. Yeah. And it really is life-changing because— It's it, so good because for people like me that, that that say, you know, I hear this and I want to do this, but I don't really know what to say, you take us through it. And I love that so, so much. Warren, <laughs> that is a powerful— powerful resource package. And you know, as you were talking about the tabernacle, and here again, I know we can't cover it all, but one of the things that you were talking about just stands out so much to me in this teaching where Jesus says, you know, we're talking about what the pieces mean and everything, but Jesus says, I am the door. Yes. See, and most people read that, I am the door. What do you mean? You're a door? I am the door of the tabernacle the one way that you could get into heaven. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to the Father who's in the Holy of Holies except through me. So there was only one door on the tabernacle. Just to say the second piece of furniture, just to whet your appetite, the second piece of furniture is the brazen altar. Mm. That's the cross. So you just get an idea as you start going through with these different pieces of furniture. It's your journey and it's how you could press into the Holy of Holies and be with God the Father 
who is seated on his throne, the mercy seat in heaven. Jesus is seated on the mercy seat, and the Father is seated on his throne. And we could go in there. Well, I could feel the glory uh, as you talk about that. <laughs> I'm starting to get some chills over <laughs> here. Honestly, Warren, seriously, it's practical for people in a way that they can understand. But that, that practical message just goes straight to the heart and to the spirit. So I love that so much. I want to talk about one more thing quickly before we have to let everybody go. And I, I don't get you to alter myself like this very often. So I'm going to take a, a advantage of this time. And I do want to just kind of to go back. You talked about one of the CDs is talking about us being temples of the Lord. So I want to just talk about this before we have to say goodbye. God revealed to you what it means to become temples of the living God. Yeah. Well, the, when you're a temple of the living God, you know that you're filled with the Spirit of God. But there's times when, you know, you have the Holy Spirit within. There's times where you're going to go through struggles. And there's times where you're going to say, God, it's like I can't even read the Bible. Hmm. I don't know if you've been there, but there's times in your life where you go, I can't. It's like I feel so detached from God. That's when you need to call out to God in heaven. And you need to say, Father God, I need more of you. I can't live my life without you. You need to send down from heaven a refreshment of the Spirit upon me. We have the Holy Spirit within, but it's upon me. Mm. So when he comes upon you, and you just, you just spend it. And I do this. Actually, people will go through that mm-hmm. on the DVD. Mm-hmm. Come, come. You, you teach us how to make right, ourselves how to do that. available right. and how to ready ourselves and to be And you can actually feel, as you start asking God to come, you'll actually feel the presence of God coming. People get overwhelmed, I mean, because it's just like the power of God. Just like as a kid in heaven, when I experience the glory, it starts coming. And so this is what I'm talking about. So the key is, is we need to do that too. We need to come and say, God, I just need more of you. I'm calling out for more. I don't have enough of you. I want more of you. I want more of you and less of me. I want all of you and none of me. If you have that guts to pray that. So the key is, is that's what it's talking about, being a temple of the living God. And we've been created. It says our bodies have been fashioned to be the holy temples of God. Yes, yes. And the prayer, the prayer here, I want to just say this before we have to go. I want you to pray for the people that are listening so much. But the the prayer, you said, it, it's, not, it's not just words that I fashioned. God gave this to me. I felt like a scribe in days of old in yes. the Bible times. And I was writing it down as the Holy Spirit yes. gave it to me. Wow. Yes. And I was going through basically in relating my body since I'm a holy temple my furniture isn't the brazen altar, isn't the table of showbread. My, my members of my being, and it says in Romans, to yield your members of your being for righteousness' sake, mm. right? Not for unrighteousness. So that's where God started giving me to take hold of every part of me, my mind, my eyes, my mouth, my ears, and consecrate them unto the Lord to make them God's place, my feet, every part of me. So yes. that's what this prayer is about. And yes. he started pouring out what it meant to be able to see. So it wasn't just saying, I give you my eyes, but it was so that I might see through your eyes and I might see people, for instance, I might see people in the way you see them. I don't see them as they are. I see them as who they can be if they get a hold of you. Yeah. And so it's learning to it's learning to see through God's eyes, learning to hear through his ears. People could be ugly at you, but I said, God, 
Help me to see, to discern what is it that's causing them to mm. be ugly? What yes. is the thing yes. that they need? Yes, what mm. are they crying out? Where's that hurt coming from? Why are they acting that way? And for God to begin to supernaturally reveal that to you so you could respond in a manner that will bring them one step closer to him and his kingdom. And I'm going to include myself in on this. Every single one of us need that so desperately in our lives. Let me tell you one more time before we have to go about this resource package that Warren has prepared. It's his brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series called Pressing Into the Holy of Holies. His exciting DVD video of teaching and proclaiming the priestly prayer of cleansing and consecration. Remember, he calls that God's glory prayer. Also, the interactive pamphlet containing the daily priestly prayer of cleansing and consecration. So be sure, again, to listen for Sid in just a couple of minutes here, and he will tell you exactly how you can get this package today. Warren, it's time to say goodbye, but we do not dare do it before you bless and pray for the people. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that you're something. It's not, you're not a distant God, that you made a way for us through the new covenant that we could actually enjoy your presence. Yes. And not just your presence being distant, but we just pray right now that you, for everyone here, I pray you give them a hunger and a thirst to want to know you more. And I pray that they'll begin to understand that they could have access with you, Jesus fellowship with you, Jesus. You walk through all of the things that we walk through, the temptations. You resisted those temptations, but you know what we go through. So you're, you're the one we could come to and say, Jesus, you know what I'm going through. And so you could come and intercede in our yes. lives. And we know that it's true because you were not distant from us. You mm -hmm. felt what we felt. And then the Holy Spirit, we love being able to be in the Holy Spirit. We could talk to the Holy Spirit. We talk to you right now, Holy Spirit. We yes, thank you for yes. being with us right now, being in us, and that you could come upon us to give us more. But we also need to learn, Father God, we're recognizing you, Abba Daddy, right now. We want to know you more. We want to thank you for what you've done, that you are our Father. And we just thank you that we could have you, Father, and you, Jesus, and you, Holy Spirit, yes, in our lives. Yes. For a threefold cord cannot be broken. So I pray that this hunger and thirst to know the three-in-one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in a new and intimate way that we never thought possible before— the Father is with you, the Son is with you, and the Holy Spirit with you. Just come and just pour your Spirit upon us in a new and powerful way right now, Father yes. God. In Yeshua's name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. Warren, thank you for being my guest today. <laughs> this has been awesome, and I know you're my friend, you're my co-worker, and when we walk out this door in a minute, you're going to go back to being my boss. So... <laughs> And that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. So thank you all for joining us today for Messianic Vision. Here is Sid Roth to tell you how you can get this powerful and life-changing resource package by Warren Marcus. Sid? You are about to discover such a powerful prayer from heaven that will bring an impartation of God's glory and his supernatural power right into your daily life. Warren Marcus has developed a brand new and exclusive 
resource package just designed with that in mind. This is a must-have for yourself, your home, or your congregation. It's Warren's three-part audio teaching series, Pressing In to the Holy of Holies, a how-to DVD video of teaching and proclaiming the priestly prayer of cleansing and consecration, God's glory prayer, that's what we call it around here, and also an interactive pamphlet containing the daily priestly prayer of cleansing and consecration for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Order today and learn how to obtain full access to the heavenly throne room, discover the deeper realms of glory, and walk in divine protection, provision, healing, miracles, deliverance from all demonic attacks, and so much more. Learn how to converse with God face-to-face -face instead of from a distance. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9806. Once again, that's offer number 9806.